0: Lydia and Zuri were at basketball camp this week, and they, got, they both got moved up into older age groups. So Lydia's going into sixth grade, and she was playing with girls going into ninth grade. But um, you know, she, Lydia didn't win any of the top awards during the week or whatever, but she grew a lot during that week and it's because you're playing with older people, playing with better people that are better than you. I had that in my backyard, fortunately. I had a 12-year-old a brother 12 years older than me and another brother four years older. So I always was playing against better competition, and, um, and it did, it's very helpful, but you had to get it, you know, it's all about pushing yourself, getting, getting stretched, and when we do these activations like we're gonna do today with worship, it's about that. It's about, hey, maybe you're, you're gonna do something that you've never done before. Maybe you're gonna stretch yourself a little further. Brother, tell me your name again. Austin, yeah. So Austin, you your shirt, I saw it said worship warrior on there. I was like, yeah, I need one of those shirts for today. Because, I mean, that's basically what we're talking about today. Um, And so, When we do these activations, uh, sometimes it feels awkward, sometimes it feels uncomfortable. How many of y'all have ever prayed with somebody and it felt awkward before? Because, so like, I don't remember anywhere in the Bible where the Lord cared a whole lot about that. You know, he doesn't say, listen, don't obey me if it's awkward. I, don't, I haven't read that anywhere, and so, um, but especially it's awkward whenever we're doing it for the first time, and it's, I just want to set you at ease that we're all novices here in the sight of the Lord, <laughs> so we're all, we're all learning, but I, I want to teach just a little bit on worship. I got a little cotton mouth. I'm going to take a big sip away from the microphone. And first, I want to talk about kind of the why of worship. Number one, I mean, before we enter into worship, we got to know why we're we're worshiping. Number one is, and we've probably heard this many times before, but God is worthy of our worship. And you, but just to not gloss over this is the the more understanding of you have and revelation you have of God's infinite glory and greatness, like you're gonna respond in, in like manner. So when John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos, and he saw Jesus glorified, eyes of fire, hair white like wool, sash of bronze, feet glowing in the fire. And he couldn't. He said he felt like a dead man. And one of the things about uh, the glory of the Lord is, you remember, God said, no, no man can see my face and live, right? Well, John just saw, you know, the face of the Lord and he lived. But he says he felt like a dead man. So what does the Lord say? What, what slays our flesh? It's the spirit. Isaiah 40 says, All flesh is like grass. It yields itself up, and then the next day the wind blows over and it's gone. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And so we want to sow into the things that are eternal. And, you know, we're, I'm not saying we take care of our body, it's God's temple. But when when I speak of flesh, we're speaking of the old man. But God is worthy of all worship. You can't worship beyond your understanding of God. And this the understanding only comes from having the word of God dwell richly within you. The best worshipers know the Bible. <laughs> because you have to know what you're worshiping, right? And God gave us the word. And so when he when you see these epiphanies in the Bible where there's a sea of glass, there's a rainbow behind the throne, there's lightnings and crashes of thunder, or you have what I just described when John was on the Isle of Patmos, or you have Exodus 33 and God passing before Moses and hiding him in the cleft of the rock and saying, "You can't see my face, but I'll let you see my backside." And so you have these um, revelations in, of who the Lord is, and it helps you worship Him. But that's but you're but you're only going to worship Him to the degree that you you understand who He is. And then we want to magnify the Lord because God's worth is becoming larger than our our perspectives and circumstances. So when we worship the Lord, he gets exalted above what our circumstances are. You say, Lord, I'm really struggling with whatever it is, but you're greater. You can break through into my heart. I lift you up. You're worthy of praise. You're the one that thought it was a good idea for me to be born at such a time as this. And so I, I trust you that you got plans to prosper me, plans for my welfare. And so you, and so I exalt you, and I trust you, and I believe you that you're good, and that you use everything in my life for good. You know Romans eight twenty eight, where it says, "God works all things for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose." Is the ultimate non-victim mentality verse. Because there's nothing that God doesn't work for your good. You're not a slave, and you're not a victim to any circumstance. Because God works things for you for your good. Secondly, worship is about our agreement with God. So we bring our perspective, our thoughts, our hot, our heart posture, (laughs) our hot posture, our heart posture. In reality, and on, and into agreement with God's hey, some, I need somebody to proofread my slides before I, I can get them up here. But worry and worship cannot coexist. So prayer is about agreeing with God about what He wants to do, and worship is agreeing with God about who He is. And so that's why, like I said, it's important to know what what he wants to do, and who he says he is. And God, when he describes himself, we we really want to pay attention to that, just like what he did with Moses. He said, Moses, I'm the Lord, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and compassion. And so he describes himself as loving, as compassionate, slow to anger. I mean, I was like, that's the kind of father you want, right? Slow to anger, full of love and compassion. And then in Psalm 103, it says, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord will have compassion on his people. It's like, that's, that's the father's heart. He longs to show mercy. He longs to show compassion. Just like whenever he sent Jonah to Nineveh and Jonah was mad, I knew you'd save him. And he said, why should I not have mercy? Why should I not have compassion on people who do not know their right hand from their left? So the Lord is always Old Testament, New Testament. He doesn't change. He's always wanted to show mercy. The difference between the Old and New Testament is now we don't have to pay the price for our sins. Jesus pays the price for our sins. Third, God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. So worship is not about you. It's about the Lord, and we thrown God over our lives. Now, this is the way God always works. When you do something, when you minister for the Lord, when you obey the Lord, and you're doing something for His name, you always get blessed in the process because He's there. God Himself is the blessing. And so, of course, when you worship, you're like, Lord, I'm going to worship you because you're worthy. You're gonna you're gonna get filled up because he's there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though you didn't go with the intention of for yourself, you went to like Lord. I'm gonna wor- I'm gonna worship you because you're the you're the Lord. You're the Creator. You're the God of the universe, and you're holy. And I'm I'm but a man, and yet you look upon me. But in that process, you get filled up, and he speaks to you. And so worship opens our hearts up to him. But it's not the re- we're not. We don't come into worship for a bless me party. We come first and foremost because he's worthy. And so we enthrone God over our lives. If you, uh, you know, and I've I've done this before and so, but if you've ever gone into worship and, and, you know, you, you went to a worship service and maybe you came out saying, I didn't get anything out of worship. You came for the wrong reason. I don't care if you're. I mean, I, I was in Brazil and they had a a marching band leading worship in the stands. I mean, they had, they had so it was like a it was like a arena and up above the arena they had people with big drum and just cymbals. It was like drums and cymbals, and they were off key, they were off beat, and I I remember just first thing I was like. All right Lord I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to worship you anyways you know because I can't even like it was almost distracting but those people were doing like they were doing their best you know what I'm saying and the, and who knows what that sounds like in heaven who knows how that's interpreted in heaven one of the transformations videos where God broke out and really transformed a, a town up in Canada that was uh, an Inuit village and the there's a recording on a tape there, this, just the, they had like 10 or 11 people in this church on a prayer meeting crying out for their, for their town because all the youth, not all of them, but a lot of the youth were addicted to drugs, committing suicide, listening to death metal is what I call it, you know, just the dark, super dark, heavy metal. And they started crying out to God and they're and they're singing. I mean, nobody was on key. And they're saying, And then you hear wind starts coming in. And you then they you just you hear like the fear of the Lord the people they're like, oh the fear of the Lord came. But then the Holy Spirit swept through the town and like the youth started burning all their death metal albums and big fires. People started getting healed of their addictions. Their, their commerce was based on uh, elk and fishing. All the, most of the wildlife has started to leave because of the, there's so much darkness on the town. When the revival came, the fish started coming back. The elk started coming back. And so worship is about the heart. It's about our, our posture. and not about how great we sing or dance or anything like that. It's about that he's worthy. I also want to talk about just three types of songs. The first one, you have man to God, which can be um, hymns or psalms. You have God to man, which is an example of that, Zephaniah 317, where it says the Lord is a mighty warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will... Uh, Calm you with His love and and rejoice over you with singing. Just this, there's this picture of God rejoicing over you, calming you with His love, and celebrating you. But that word rejoice is He's violently dancing circles around you. We're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit later. And then the third one is man to man. I'm singing a God. I'm singing a song to you about how God, how good God is. And so, like a common. Uh, there's there's songs today that we sing like that, so like Chris Tomlin's How Great Is Our God? That's a man to man song. How great, I'm like singing, man, how great is our God, man? Sing it, sing it with me, how great is our God? You know, sir. So Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Okay, so we'll break this down. Three types of songs. A psalm, this is a song from man to God, an intimate song. So you might sing psalms in your car, or in your shower, it can be corporately as well. But psalms were from a man to God. You have hymns, or are more of a corporate song. And then, like I said, hymns are not just old songs like Amazing Grace or Victory in Jesus. But those are hymns, because think about those songs. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior for... We're, I'm singing it, we're singing it back and forth. That's, that's a man-to-man song. Amazing Grace, I'm telling you about Amazing Grace. And then you have spiritual songs, which that word is ode pneumaticos. All right, and so you see this first part of the word, ode, that's where the word ode comes from. An ode, <laughs> I'm breaking it down for you. And so, so, in the medieval days, you had the minstrel, and he would go to the, the royal palace, and he would receive the news that morning. And then he would go and sing the news report in the village and towns. And so a spiritual song is a God-breathed news report. It's a prophetic news report from the, Lord, from the mouth of the Lord telling you, I want you to speak this news. I want you to sing this news out. And that's what the spiritual songs are. And the Colossians is telling us these are the types of songs that we need to sing with thankfulness in our hearts. So what we're going to do is that we're going to go over four different words, and every time we go through a word, we're going to, we're going to play a song, and we're going to do what that word's telling us to do. Most, almost all of the Hebrew words for worship, praise, glorifying the Lord, whatever it is, all the different ways that worship is expressed are action words. And the reason is, in Hebrew, your your body, mind, soul, spirit were all connected, and so that's why it says um, bitterness is like rottenness to the bones, right? Because your spirit, if your spirit's bitter, what can happen to your body? You can get sick, and we've we've seen people healed of sickness just because they forgave. All right. Um, Proverbs also says, or just as the spirit of a man sustains his body. And so you laughter is like good medicine. There's been cases where people have they've been diagnosed with severe diseases and they, they decide to do laughter therapy and they get healed. And so laughter re- really is good medicine to your body. So where it's all connected. And the Hebrews knew that, and then and the Greeks kind of started separating those things. They actually started thinking that the flesh was purely evil as far as our bodies is concerned. And so you just try to, you know, ignore all those things. It's not connected, and that's where you have – you start creating categories like, oh, that's, that's – you're doing that with your body. It doesn't have anything to do with your spirit. So it's kind of like, I don't wor- – Watch that horror movie. You won't have nightmares. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, because it's not your spirit, you're just watching that with your eyes. It doesn't matter. That's not true. We, we know that the things that we take in through our eyes and ears can affect us. And, and uh, so the Hebrews knew this. And so this word for worship, Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Oh come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel. Before the Lord, our Maker. So this word is shakah, which means to bow down, bow down, or prostrate oneself. And so the activation is we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, Blake's gonna come up and lead us in a worship song. And if you're able, I understand not everybody's able, but if you're able, I'd like for you to bow down. And when we do this in unity, it's powerful. We've, there's been times in worship where we've all marched together. You've heard the boom, boom, all all in unison. And so when we do things in unison together, when we do things in unity, it's really affecting the atmosphere, but it's also affecting our hearts. And it's, uh, like I said, if you if you can't bow down, it's totally fine, but if you're able to get on your knees or go, or lay prostrate, then I encourage you to do that. And so, Blake, you come on up and lead us. We're going to practice these words, sir. So part of these exercises also, just to let you know that... You don't have to feel something to to put yourself in a position of worship a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times putting yourself in position actually uh, so let's let me say it this way if your emotions aren't there put yourself in a position for your emotions to line up <laughs> so you can bow down you're like Lord I know you're worthy. I'm tired, or whatever it may the case may be. So I'm going to kneel down. I want to make a choice to worship you. And then when you align yourself in that place of like, Lord, I make because your just your your body matters to the Lord. What you do with your body matters to the Lord. You you bow down as a sign of submission to Him, or whatever it is. He comes to that place, and so. Um sometimes emotions start and, and brings us to that, which is great. We love that. We lo- I love emotion. You know, I, when we lived back in Fort Worth, Convergence Church, where we came from, was an amazing church to, to worship in. Great, talented, anointed worship leaders. People coming out who had been in the charismatic renewal where all kinds of things. You know, there's like... Super-duper Holy Spirit freedom, and, and so it was a very, very free atmosphere of worship to, to worship him, and I had a friend from seminary come with me, and um, we're talking the, the following week after he came, he said, Travis, it was just, it's just too emotional. And I said, well, I said, what's wrong with that? He said, well, you just, you know, you can, like, kind of get sideways. And I was like, well, do you believe God's emotional about you? He's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess so. And I said, well, what if you're encountering his emotions about you? I said, do you want a God that stares at you? You know, and so I just emotion is not bad. We emotion is great in worship. I love I love crying. I cried yesterday at Lion King. I cried at this video that Michael Ketter's church in California put out. I cried. I cried like three times yesterday. What was it? Some other some other thing we were watching. I cried. And so it's, I like having my heart touched. I like having my heart touched. And my kids joke, you know, it's like, oh, dad's crying. But um, you, want, you want your children to know your heart can be touched. And so, um, so the next song we're gonna do is about rejoicing. And this is the word, gyal to violently spin around in the circle, to dance, leap for joy. So this is uh, one of the ver- verses that uses this word is Psalm thirty-two, eleven. It says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Now this may be the one, like I said, if you can't dance or you can't twirl or whatever, that's fine. You just got to be moving something. Sometimes I just, you know, just... I I call this the crank. Sometimes you just gotta crank it up, you know. Call this the swirly. This is the swirl hand. I call this the blowback. But I'm just telling you, like I'm. Maybe you see me doing these things, but I'm not necessarily feeling. I'm just like, Lord, you're here. You're here. You're here. I'm gonna worship you. And the Lord taught me, like I said, that convergence taught me so much about worship i made i one time all the women were going on a women's retreat, and it was just a bunch of men in worship and it was it was going to look like a bunch of this right here and so I came in and I had a button down shirt and I had an undershirt on just just like Luke Luke, I'm not prophesying every man, okay, but I'. <laughs> But uh, I was in there, and the Lord said, "Take your shirt off and whirl it twirl it around your head." And I was like, "No, thanks." <laughs> and then he, you know, he kept telling me to do it again. I was like, "Lord, even with none of the women in here, I don't really want to do that." And so, but I did. So I started taking it off, and th- you know, I had a uh, undershirt underneath it. Praise the Lord! But I, think he I, think, I, don't think, I don't think he would've asked me to do it any other way, but I went into the corner, like way off to the side, and I just kinda, I had my shirt and I was just doing this. Barely getting it over my head, then, then finally I was just like, who cares, Woo! And I was just started like, yeah! One of my buddies was laughing and I like, gave it to him, I was like, twirl it over your head. And he started twirling, and then he started like, yeah! And so it started releasing like this freedom. And then we had just a bunch of guys, made, they didn't have shirts. We're just like, yeah. So we went from, you know, guys just, you know, doing this to being in a, at a great worship service. And it's all because you just got your body going, because it's connected to your spirit. And so when we rejoice, you know, I, we actually had somebody, <laughs> I remember, Somebody was visiting the awakening and they said, Do you have to sway during worship to be a member of the awakening? I said, No, but it helps. No, nah, that's I, I it. And so um, we're going to worship to um, a song called Beautiful Surrender by the Hellsters, but I just want to encourage you to dance, to spin around. This may be the most stretching for you. That's okay, like I said. Because you may not have the emotion there, and this is more like this is more like a teaching kind of atmosphere, but yet um, I'm asking you to do something that's a little more tied into emotion, but it's okay and so the reason I do this is because our our body our church is called to be worshipers I mean every church is, but specifically God wants us to be leaders in worship in our city and Before we ever had the first service of the awakening, I remember the Lord very clearly. I was in between breaks at the Omni. I parked at St. James parking lot to spend time with the Lord. And he said, the sons of Anak are going down. And I I was like, sons of Anak, that's the that's the giants. And I said, "Okay, Lord, how do you want to do that? And he just said, worship. Worship. So when we we worship, we take down the giants of the land. That's the amazing thing about worship is you, you worship. You're like enjoying your father. And meanwhile, your father is slaying your enemies. And so I want you to stand up. We're going to rejoice. Like I said, even if it's just move something, you got to tap your foot, slap your leg, whatever it is, move something. All right, so how many of y'all are out of breath? Now, how many of you feel a little more joyful than you when you began? That's why you do that. That's why you rise above your circumstances. You just make a choice. Your choices have momentum. sir. So, let's see. 108 or, yeah. We're good. I should be recovering a little faster than this as a personal trainer. Um, so our choices have momentum. You take a step in that direction, I'm going to rejoice because the word says rejoice. You know, Paul in Philippians, he says rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice always and let your requests be made known to God with all prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving so paul is telling us when you pray there's two things you need to do you need to rejoice and you need to give thanks and so you have a supplication god would you help me get into the school or would you would you provide for my rent this month thank you God that you're going to provide for my rent this month thank you Father and what I've been doing lately is when I make a supplication I start laughing I'll just laugh with it Father thank you that you're going to provide for all of my needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus (laughs) and then I'll pray whatever else I'm going to pray I give them thanks and I laugh because it says that God sits in the heavens and laughs in Psalm 2, so you actually agree with the Lord when you laugh. The devil's not laughing; he has zero joy. He does not laugh at all. He's the most humorless. He's completely humorless, joyless, lifeless. The joy, joy, and laughter are from the Lord's heart. That's why it's our strength. And the peace of God crushes Satan under our feet. And so when you have, it's like joy is the outward manifestation of peace. It's like they work together. And it comes out of righteousness. Anyways, I'm not going to preach another sermon. So third, third word is we're, gonna, we're not gonna do all these, but I just wanna give, there's a bunch of words, different words for the English word praise. You have halal, which means to shine, to boast, overwhelming excitement, to be clamorously foolish. That's what one of the praise words means. Yada, the extended hand. Barak, to kneel in adoration, to bow, we did that one. Zamar, to touch the strings, instrumental worship. There's times where you just, you are still in the presence of the Lord. or you, you, can, I mean, you can dance to instrumental worship too, but I mean, one of my favorite dance songs is instrumental as far as uh, worship songs. Shabbat, to shout with triumph. We're gonna do that one later. To a confession, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. To to sing the new song from the heart. These are all, so when you read praise in your Bible, you don't know which one that's talking about. <laughs> so, you know, get your blue letter Bible out. I'm telling you, that's, that's anybody. It, it breaks it down, makes it really easy to understand the the root words and whatnot. Get your blue letter Bible up, Look up that word and see what it's telling you to do. So the third word we're gonna do is the extended hand, the yadah. And so this word yadah actually means to shoot arrows. (laughs) And so when you raise your hands in worship, just imagining you're sending forth the arrows of the Lord into the heart of the enemy. I like that visual. Anybody else like that visual? (laughs) So you're extending that because you're right here, extend the hand. And so it, uh, Strong says to physically throw a stone or an arrow away, especially to revere worship with extended hands. So this next song, I just want you to extend your hands. You can swap arms. You can do both hands. You know, if your shoulders get tired, change the. this changes your shoulder blade position, so you yeah. Open your hand up, close it. So just keep your hand, just try to keep your hands raised even if it's like this, it's fine. But when we, like I said, when we do things in unity together, it's powerful. So go ahead and stand up. We're gonna raise our hands to this next song. Has anybody else ever noticed that the same pose for victory and surrender is the same? (laughs) <laughs> we lift our arms up in victory. We lift our arms up in surrender. I remember uh, one time, the, I was preaching one time, and the Lord just, he said, Travis, the, uh, the most courageous thing to do is to wave the white flag of surrender to me. That's because that's what, that's what we have the most trouble with, right? Trusting him, sur- giving up to him. He doesn't want us to be overcome by anything but him, right? The fourth word we're going to do, this will be the last one, is to shout with triumph. Strong says to address in a loud tone. <laughs> I just imagine talking to somebody, turn the lights off, you know, but address in a loud tone. Uh, Psalm 63.3 says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will shout your triumph. Because your love is better than life, God, I will shout with joy. I will shout the triumph over my life. All right, so what we're going to, this is no longer, we're going to listen to or worship to no longer slaves. And then at the end, I'll give us directions, but we're going to lift up a shout of victory at the end of that song, feel free to shout during the song. But you'll uh, go ahead and stand up. You can remain standing. We're going to close it out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. How many of you <laughs> entered into these? Entered into this emotionless. And you left with your heart touched by the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. Coming in with without emotions there. That's why God said, Move around, shout, do these things. And so the Lord's given us keys to worship. He's let us know how to enter into his into his courts and his gates with thanksgiving, with praise, and to to do it, even when we don't feel like it because that's, that's the name of the game is because Jesus is above it all. He, his sons and daughters, we're not victims, we're, we're heirs. <laughs> we have everything we need for life and godliness. Right now, no matter where you're at, you have everything you need in Christ for your life. Everything. So, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we're hidden in him by the blood. And I just bless us, Father, as a a body, as a family, to enjoy you in worship, to delight ourselves in you. And, Lord, I just declare freedom over this house in worship. Freedom. 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 In the name of Jesus, Lord, you're the God of the breakthrough. We declare there's breakthrough in our hearts. There's breakthrough in our hearts, God. Father, even uh, there's those of us who've been, who've been waiting for you to answer a prayer that we know is according to your will. And Lord, just declare you're breaking through that today is the day of the breakthrough, Father. And it's, it's in our hearts, God. It's in our hearts. It's the way we see you. It's the way we see our life. It's the way we think. You're breaking through, God. You're renewing our minds, and you're giving us the mind of Christ and slaying our carnal mind, God. We thank you for that. We thank you that it was done 2,000 years ago, that it's been finished. Lord, you are the God of the breakthrough. You're the God of freedom. We love you. Man. So if you would like any...